what's up, EK Nation? Rob Howden here alongside Mr. David Cole for another edition of Face to Face. Our second one this week, uh, week David. We had things kind of lined up and planned. We knew that the Texas Sprint Racing Series was coming up, so we wanted to jump into that with Brittany Loba. We had a chance to talk to her earlier this week. But you were down at the USPKS opener, a record-setting weekend, amazing numbers, perfect weather. And we've got a bunch of the key people from that event here joining us today. Uh, of course, Mark Coates and Tim Coyan from the series itself with a couple of the KA100 winners, Brandon Lemke and Alex Stanfield joining us as well. You were down there. We did the full debrief podcast, but this is really kind of an opportunity for us to get another face-to-face in here and, and talk to the people that uh, were really front and center. That was really one, probably the biggest race of the year so far, right? Yeah, the biggest race of the year. Get a little more in depth into into some of the topics, you know, especially talking with Mark and Tim about things that are, are going on with the series for for this year, and you know, things surrounding that event, and then for for the upcoming year as well. And then kind of get into the the KA100 Senior category. That was obviously the hot topic uh, from the weekend, and just kind of talk to the different the two different winners and kind of get their viewpoints on that. And uh, yeah, just to kind of, yeah, the elbows up, elbows exactly. Up. So uh, just to kind of get, you know, get a little more insight into that and see, you know, now that kind of things have, have kind of calmed calm down. I know Brandon, we talked to him before show, he's calmed down a lot more since he, <laughs> the uh, scale line on Sunday. So uh, it'll be good to kind of get, uh, you know, get their insight, you know, Alex Stanfield picking up his first win in that category. Yep. So that's a really cool story to kind of discuss with him. He was kind of there all weekend long and then boom, the, you know, the parting seas, allowed him to get through and and pick up that victory on Sunday. So it'll be good to kind of get get a little more in-depth with that event. As always with our face-to-face, these live shows that are either on YouTube or on our Facebook page, it's interactive. You know, you see the comments there. The comments pop up in front of us here uh, in the studio. So feel free if you have any questions for uh, either of the two runs of guests, whether it's Mark or Tim or whether it's Alex or Brandon, feel free to pop those up and we'll have a look at them. If we want to bring them in the show, we will. So very interactive. Uh, David, do we do you want to get things underway? You're doing yeah, some writing. let's go. We're let's ready bring, to go. Um, yeah. In Mark Coates and Tim Cohen, guys. Yes, Tim's got the <laughs> He's ready to go. Now you win a KA100 race. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. It's good to be here, guys. David, what do you want to start with? Do we just want to like blow some smoke up their asses first and say, wow, congratulations, lots of numbers? Because everything, this is what I say about the first event being so big. It's not what you did this weekend, it's what you guys have done all through 21 to you know, in 20. Everything you did in the past is what made things happen. New teams coming in, people coming in. Mark, let's talk a little bit about those those record numbers. As they started coming in, you guys obviously doing a little different re- registration that I think fueled people up, lit a fire under some people. But uh, all in all, congratulations on massive numbers, record numbers for the USPKS. You know, the first, uh, I think we had 100 entries the first 24 hours, wasn't it, Tim? Uh, and it just kept going from there. And, you know, what, what people got to remember is seven classes. Yep. That's what they got to remember. Seven classes, three of them were capped. So we're really proud of it. Uh, Andre worked fantastic with us down there. Things were a little tight, but you know what? It went off well. Well, I, I just, I'll let David come in on this, but y- there were lots of naysayers, weren't there? USB oh. cast can't go there. It's going to be too big. There's not going to be any room. David tells me you guys are parking it. <laughs> David. I was one of them. I, yeah. I will be honest. I didn't know how it was going to, you, you know, I'm a math guy. I look at, I look at the maps and I was like, how is this going to fit? How, you know, I'm, I'm thinking Newcastle and how massive that paddock is. And the GoPro was just a struggle at the end of last year. And, and you guys can kind of talk to that, but going from GoPro to Orlando, I'm like, that's even smaller. How are we going to do this? And, and Andre and you guys pulled it off. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm sure Tim, we were all really, <laughs> Wonder if it was going to happen. You I appreciate the honesty. We laid asphalt down the Thursday before we showed up, making things better in the in the pit area, and he's going to redo the whole pit. So it was tight, but you know what? The track races great. They were great hosts, and like I say, it, it all come together. I think one big thing is that everybody knew it was going to be tight before we got there. So even the teams, they were like, "Yeah." We know it's going to be crowded. We know what to expect. And so they were more flexible, you know, easier to work with. They understood that it wasn't going to be a roll your 53-foot semi in on Wednesday afternoon and just pop up a tent. 
it was going to be a little bit more effort to get that done. But honestly, Andre really was the star of the whole parking thing. Spent a lot of time getting that all done right. And uh, it, it, you know, it went well. It went well as could be expected for what we had there as far as the parking goes. And the racing was phenomenal for sure. Yeah. Listen, you know what? That's the kind of thing you want to hear, right? Because, you know, there are, there are, as we've, we've talked about so many times, only a certain, you know, a specified amount of, of racetracks in this country that can actually hold an event like the USPKS or like a Supercar 2SA Pro Tour race because, you know, at 220 plus and then you guys at 300 plus, again, there's only so much room. And to be able to hear that the promoter and the track owner, uh, you know, Andre's, of course, been around the sport for you know, 25 plus years. Um, I love to hear the communication and, and the cooperation because I think to be able to have a, a, a track like that that races so well in Florida, where you know you can go in the winter, I think that's key for our sport. You know, it's, he's a very rental rental and, and owner-operated cart kind of place, but to be able to bring some big races into that facility is huge for us. Well, I think another key point, too, that there was a lot of scuttle about that track and the barrier system they had. We haven't talked about that too much on air with anybody, but they have a, a CIK homologated barrier system that he put in. He spent half a million dollars to bring some of this stuff in and to it, it accommodates rental carts and racing carts. But some of the events that were there before us, concerns were raised about the stiffness, the pushback on the track. And we said to Andre, hey, we're concerned about this. What do you think about it? And he said, absolutely. If you want it out, we'll take it out. Just say so. It's not a problem. I've got all the Overs. We'll put them in. And ultimately, it was uh, myself, uh, Mike Speed, Mike Rollison, and uh, Andre walked the track on Wednesday and Thursday. And we said, hey, this is what we feel like needs to be different in order to make this make us more comfortable with it. And uh, he said, no problem. We'll have it done in the morning. And he did it. And uh, it raced great. There was no issues at all. That's awesome. Yeah. Very accommodating. They're removed. Yeah, the ambulance never moved. Never moved. Yeah, that, I was just gonna say, yeah, we thankfully we didn't have to test them for in, in yeah. real, real, real simulation. So that was that was really good. Um, let I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about the the facility. I was thinking about moving on to uh, the, the the series itself and some of the staff members. We I noticed there was a number of new faces uh, wearing the USPKS shirts uh, on the weekend. Uh, or handing them out to anybody now. Yeah, <laughs> I got the email, by the way, Tim. Except Thank you, you David. Except you. Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, well, let's first say uh, a goodbye, an official goodbye to Jason Ludwig, because he, he's been a core principal with the series since the beginning. Uh, he, he did have some time away from the program and then came back and, and has been a really instrumental person in, in making sure the on-track stuff and the off-track stuff are working together well. No, uh, Jason's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's going to take some time off, and who knows, he might be back. Uh, we're we're going to do more of a group deal now. Instead of one person, we're going to have a couple people do the job and take some stress off some of the staff because, as you know, when you got uh, 300 people screaming at you, it's not the most uh, glorifying job. Yeah, yeah and, I mean, and, a, a so lot. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Sorry, Dave. I was just going to say that, uh, you know, you guys have seen the growth and where it's come from and where it is now. And it's just no longer something that one person really can handle. It needs to be more of a committee situation. And as we look towards the future growth of the series, we have to consider the fact that, you know, your staff, it needs to be able to flex as well. And uh, those of us who have been involved in it for a long time, you know, we schedule our lives around the events and not everybody can do that. And so sure. we need to be able to accommodate it when somebody needs uh, a weekend off because their you know, daughter gets married or whatever the case is. And so having a more flexible staff with more people who are qualified to handle the different roles will help us be more consistent in our officiating in the future and, you know, and doing everything we do. That, that's yeah, a question that was... I had. I got a question, Go ahead, quick Rob. question, Dave. I'm going to bring it in. That, speaking, speaking of staffing, obviously a big jump for you guys, not like, you know, just 10 more people coming to this event is number one, are you expecting to get the same amount of drivers or a similar amount for the next race at GoPro? You're going to have the GoPro bump as well, just for the guys that actually race at GoPro. Um, do you feel good with the staffing you have? Do you need to bring a couple more guys in? You know, there's always a ratio of staff per entry kind of a thing. Is there any areas that you guys have looked at and said, Hey, we may need some more people or you're pretty happy with, with the, where you have uh, the staff right now. 
Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't know if you wanted to put your pin in. It. No, uh, honestly, uh, I think where we want to where we want to address uh, it, first of all our our race directing by committee, I think, is off to a good start with Justin, absolutely, and uh, with Alec Coates and uh, those guys, and uh, we're continuing to look at people to bring in as well as they become available. As we think they they have to fit in with our team, though, as well. It needs to be a good gel. And uh, share the same principles that that Mark has, you know how races should be run. But in addition to that, we want to have a full time official to handle uh, protests and reviews off track, and that would be a race director who would basically all they would do is handle video review and protests. And uh, I've done I did the bumper penalty reviews, which were kind of separating that a little bit from the driving penalties and that kind of stuff. And uh, that was an interesting experience for sure. And I assume that's probably going to continue on for a while. But, it, you know, beyond that, having somebody who can you can bring a video to and you don't have to pull somebody off the track to look at it and uh, just give you an answer, you know, right now instead of at the end of the day where it may be too late to really affect your outcome. Tim, Tim, how are you after taking a beating all weekend long with uh, looking at all the uh, re the video reviews? Were, were people pretty respectful for you or what? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, and I don't think any of us really knew what to expect. I don't think yeah. the racers knew and, and I didn't know. And I, of course, assumed the worst and uh, probably got the best. Uh, <laughs> I looked at about uh, f uh, 40 videos, about 20 each day on. Uh, uh, actually, I think I did my first one after happy hour on Friday or something like that. And uh, how do you get a bumper penalty in happy hour? You, know, you just. <laughs> You kind of wonder sometimes, but honestly, every single one of them that came to me was legit. I mean, it was like, it wasn't their fault really is what wow, it boiled okay. down to. And those were the people we wanted to fix. Yeah. Those are the people, you know, if it's questionable and you, and you deserved it, or you may have deserved it, it's not going to get reversed. You know, it's kind of like football. It needs to be clear. And, and, and everybody that came up was clear. Now, now that the precedent has been set, do I think that's going to get pushed maybe at the next event? Possibly, but we'll just have to address it as it comes, you know. What do you got next, Dave? Yeah, it's no different than like, say, tech, you know, some things, you know, kind of are pushed to the edge. And now people are going to see, okay, you know, with the bumper a little bit. And that'll be something that obviously will be, will continue on. And um, yeah, so that was my, that was going to be my next question the video review. We heard a lot of positive feedback. Obviously, you felt it went over very well. Is, is that, is that going to be your role? post you know during the race weekend is, is it still going to be you or are you guys looking to add somebody else to kind of manage that as far as the bumpers go yeah uh i haven't been told that i've been relieved from it yet so i'm assuming <laughs> that it's going to continue to be part of uh, my deal we'll All see right. uh, it kind of depends i mean this is a new role for me this year not being in the announcing booth it's a little bit different and I'm just trying to help Mark make sure that everything goes together right and that we have people where we need them and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, fill up the coolers when the ice runs out, that kind of stuff. So um, Mark wasn't saying anything about your job when you asked out right there either. So <laughs> he didn't offer up any changes. So. <laughs> he didn't offer up any changes. Uh, you know, Dave, something when you're talking about penalties, we did, wasn't it over 500, Tim? Yeah, we we wrote over 500 penalties on that weekend, and that includes the bumpers, and uh, we had 40 of them come for review. So, some of them clearly were legitimate penalties, or they didn't feel like it was worth it, you know. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, solid. But that 500 okay. includes also the on-track penalties, and there were a lot of them. Okay. Right. We pause our face-to-face -face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 
or visit us at skipbarber.com. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the Western importer with IP karting that includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports provides in-depth driver development for those racers in Northern California and across the country. Arrive and drive services, kart preparation, and driver coaching are available under the LEM tent throughout the season. Bell's record of working with drivers includes recent victories at North America's biggest karting events, including the Rock the Rio and the Scusa Super Nationals. Greg Bell's knowledge for building engines spans two decades and is now under the Mega Power branding, providing reliable engine service and tuning knowledge. No matter the chassis brand, choose Mega Power to get to the front. Click over to LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more and find them on social media to stay connected. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Dave, do you want um, to bring up K100? What do you got in your list there? No, no, my, no I wasn't going to talk on track stuff with, with them really so much. Right. Um, I mean, we can we can kind of get, get kind of their feedback, but I think it kind of falls in line with us is there just needs to be a little bit more respect out there. I think Mark and Tim would kind of agree on that. And I really think that was the only category that we saw uh, that over aggressive type of racing. I think all the rest of the categories had some great racing, you know, side by side stuff and, and good passing, good racing uh, all across the, all through all uh, two days. And um, so, yeah, I guess what's kind of your feedback on that, Tim and Tim and Mark? Well, I think there was great racing throughout the whole weekend. Honestly, I do agree that there is a general lack of respect amongst the drivers in a, in a lot of areas and ka senior is kind of like been the melting pot for that situation or at least the festering of it um but you know i can't fix that the drivers need to fix that the coaches need to fix that the, the parents for the kids need to you know i i had parents come up and say you know i literally had a guy say what am i supposed to tell my kid when this guy you know that's racing him is not racing him clean and i said Tell him he's doing a great job, and sometimes you do a great job and still don't win the race. So that's kind of where it's at. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Mark, any thoughts from, from your side on it? You can't fix the drivers. they got to fix it themselves. All we can do is issue penalties until they respect each other. It's going to continue. Yeah, and I think David Pick brought it up and so did Tim. It, it's in, it comes from the tent. It comes from each tent. You know, we've yeah. – you got to bring the motors in too because yeah. if you yeah, send the car home – He's done for the championship. You sent him home for a weekend. Yeah. And, and I've, I've literally heard, you know, we've been there. We've heard coaches and mechanics tell their drivers, when you see a yellow, speed up, because that's a chance to catch up. Get out there and hit that guy. We've heard it. You know, you, you hear it. Your way. Yep. It's just, you're like, you're ruining the sport. It, and it, yep. again, it's not, especially for the younger kids, but it's, it comes, it comes from the coaches. It, it comes from the, the mentors. It comes from the people who drivers look up to. You know, if, if a if a if a driver who's got a as well known in the sport does it, young kids think it's the way to go. So it's like you said. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you got, Dave? I was saying my well, let's go into uh, my next point is uh, the next event, GoPro Motorplex, uh, end of April, beginning of May. the The announcement is that we're going to run a new uh, new track design. So let's start there. When are we going to hear what what track layout? When is it coming? Is it is it right now? Do you want to tell us all right now? No. <laughs> Not at all. Haven't even discussed it. We got another race coming up. We haven't here. even discussed it. Well, it's yes. Well, you have I'll the race. Honest, the honest truth is Mark and I discussed it about two hours ago for the first time. There okay. you go. Well, and we good. said, what are we going to say when they ask us this? And I said, he said, I don't know. What do you think we should say? And I said, I think we should say we don't know because we don't know what it is. <laughs> we we know, know it's not going to be the old track that we've okay. run over and over. It won't be that. It'll it'll be either one of the new configurations or or a variation of you know what we've done before. But it, it honestly probably won't know for a couple of weeks yet. Like Mark said, we have the Route 66 race coming up before yep. that, and so uh, well, we'll be 
working behind the scenes on that next event. We won't, you know, make any hard decisions until we get closer to it. What I like, number one, is uh, I'm assuming I'm correct here. You press the reset button. Let's see what kind of mad rush we get to, to, to get to the 40 on the pre-entry for the different categories. Because you know there was a bunch of guys that were on the outside looking in who didn't get entered fast enough. Their class got capped and they weren't able to run. I, I'd like, I'd be interested to see if one of the three classes that did get opened up isn't the first to 40 this time. Well, we have talked that maybe we should consider announcing which classes are going to be the expanded ones ahead of time. So when we open registration, say these are the four that are going to go or, or not. And the reason, the logical reason is that if, if you're somebody who's running for the championship, um, we don't want you to get in in the first event and not get in in the second, you know, or that kind of a situation. So to try to make it slightly more predictable, the flip side to that is if they know that it's going to be open, they're going to be delayed and get entering potentially. But honestly, it's not that big of a deal if they wait. It's just, you know, I, I think the more people that enter early, it, entries breeds entries is the yes, way I look at it. I know. Absolutely. Well, my, my, my kind of call on it is that, you know, that's the scourge of our industry. And for you guys as promoters is having guys that dick around and they don't, they don't enter, they don't enter, they don't, don't enter. You got to fly tires in it. You don't have, you know, it's just all, it's, it makes it so tough when you guys don't know how many guys are going to be there. Easy fix would be if you're the top five in the top five in this, in the standings, we'll add you to, from 40 to 45, right? You're going to get in for sure. If you're in the championship, otherwise you got to, you got to enter. Cause I, I love the fact that it puts the pressure on, on the, the teams and the drivers to stop being idiots and get entered. So you guys know they're coming. I think it's a great idea. It's, a, it's one of the best ideas I've heard uh, in 10 years. It's perfect. Well, I'm glad it was my idea. <laughs> we'll stick with it. I don't know. No, I, I think it's a great idea. I, I, I love putting the onus on the, uh, on the, the drivers, the families, the teams to get their entries in. I think it's perfect. If you know you're going to go somewhere, how can you forget to enter? Yeah, well, that that's true. Calls it, we forgot to enter. Yeah. It's like yeah. if you made, you know, your transportation, you're on a team, something's not right with that. Story. That's it. They're waiting. Exactly. They're just waiting for the credit card. Yeah. What else you got, yeah, Dave? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, my last part about GoPro, are have you guys looked into the logistics of everything regarding, obviously, the paddock area? And I know everything seemed to work out pretty well last year. Um, but you know, if numbers creep up to where we were in Orlando, it might, it might be capacity. Are you guys kind of looking at that already? Or is that something that, again, you're going to look at after, after you get done with the route race? 99% chance there will be no motorhome parking inside the track area. You got to let the pits get filled first. The people in their motorhomes can pit outside because right, they, they need to be in there. I mean, that makes total sense. You got to do it, right? Yep. Yeah. You have to do it. Another option ahead of time that is big. Another option that we've discussed at length is capping the amount of space you can have based on the number of entries in your, you know, in your camp tent program, whatever it is, because the there are some instances where you have a forty foot toter home and two drivers, and you know they take up a thousand square feet, and it's not a lot of it. You know, the big teams, they're very compact. They they got 20 or 30 go-karts in a, in a big space, but it's dense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people complain about how much room they take, but the reality is they're the best customers because they're the densest when it comes to real estate uh, and that kind of thing. But, yeah, I don't know. I think the entries will be a little bit lower because we had the rock bump. The rock was right after us, but I don't after, know. Yeah. But you, had to, you, you did lose some entries to the uh, Charlotte race more than you realized when I started looking at the list. So you put that <laughs> I like you it. GoPro locals on there. Mark and I have a competition on, on who can be closest on the guessing of the entry. Over under. And yeah. I got to say that I think Mark won this last one. I was a little <laughs> bit more uh, pessimistic than uh, I'm the realist. <laughs> He's the salesman. That's how it works. I'm the hey, guy man. that needs to turn down the money. He's the salesman, and I'm the one that's supposed to make it work. I guess there that's you go. the way you put it. I know how we that works, it. Tim. We got <laughs> it. Let's, guys, we, we got a comment on the track layout I want to bring in. What are your thoughts on this from Paul Montopoli? Don't run a new layout. F1 does not run a new layout when it goes to Spa. GoPro is a classic track. The alternatives are Mickey Mouse. It's a track that has been run. I will say that. 
I haven't seen oh. the Mickey Mouse layout yet, so I'm not sure. No, yeah, we don't know what that what that is. I mean, it's I, I've bumpy, heard that it races well. I've heard that it races well in the other configurations, so I, I don't know. All right, all right. Well, that's that, that's Paul's that's Paul's uh, opinion. Maybe he's full of it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know those Masters guys; they they are full of it, aren't they? Paul's been around a long time. There's no doubt. Um, well, that's good. We look forward to obviously seeing what we get for the track layout. Uh, again, I I, I, I just think what you guys did with the entries, having people get in there, three classes but open up. I think it's I think it's absolute genius to, to put the pressure on people to get to get in so they don't miss. I think it's great. Good call. Maybe Anything else on your list, Dave? Go. All set. Let's, go, let's let these guys go have their pee break, and we'll bring. Uh... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Mark. Hey, thanks for having us on. Thanks guys. All right. So uh, there we go there. Mark Coates, Tim Coyen, of course, the powers that be at the USPKS, a program that has continued to grow. Uh, so those of you may watch it on Cart Chaser or uh, followed, of course, on EKN Radio Network. Um, two drivers that stepped up and were able to get to the top of the podium in KA100 Senior joining us right now here as well, Brandon Lemke and Alex Stanfield. Let's bring them here on to Face to Face. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank Lemke's you for having me. Oh, for some <laughs> reason, right. Brandon, there we All go. Right. There you go. <laughs> we're good. I was going to say, I didn't mute him. <laughs> nope, that was me. All right. All good. Guys, uh, great to have you with us. Um, David, how do you want to start this off? Just want to talk about the racing a little bit before we get into anything deeper. Yeah, let yeah, let's just get into uh, you know, we'll start Saturday. We'll kind of kind of go over that. You know, Brandon, you were pretty much had a had a battle up front. It was you, Nick Terlecki, and, and Jeremy Fletcher. So it was kind of a, a trio battle um all final long. It seemed like you didn't really want to work with with Terlecki. It seems like you know, you guys could have pushed away and got away from Fletcher, but it seems like both of you wanted to lead at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where he comes from sometimes. Like, obviously, he's fast, but it's like all of a sudden, like, he'll qualify. Like, he's four rows behind me, and the next thing I know, I look back, and I see a green cart. I'm like, it's either Josh or Nick, and neither of them were close to me at the start, and then they're right on me. And then I and then I feel I'm getting slammed into the back in every single corner. I'm like, oh, it's Nick. So, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, it's all love with him. He's he's great. He's um clean-ish to me <laughs> so i mean he, he helped me out in the final on saturday so uh it wasn't intentional like you know we don't talk it over like hey you're gonna take this guy out whatever but no i mean i didn't want to work with him because i felt like that track isn't like newcastle where you can push away or something like that i feel like it's you just got to have a good setup on the cart you got to have um a strong focus like hit your marks everywhere especially in that in the chicane in the middle of the track the last coming to the start finish line you hit that corner right and that's you know you'll be good for the rest of the lap i mean that's really good setup so um i felt like i just needed to wait for the cart to come in it was it the cart came in on saturday when he passed me and then he kind of got me a little bit then i felt the tires come in a little better i felt more grip i was like okay once i get up to him again i'm just gonna pass him and then i, I watched the um cart chasers video the the final and i opened up a gap i didn't know i didn't realize i did it was like, oh, okay. It was, I guess it was the right move. And then Jeremy caught him, and then they had that battle, and I was just able to walk to the win. But, I mean, it was – it kind of came in late, and that's – we were kind of scared it wasn't going to come in, you know, or it was going to come in too soon. But uh, it ended right. up working out really well. Hey, Brandy, it's such an it's such an over-under track, right? There's obviously, the, the you know, the, the long straightaway you can make the move to the inside, but a lot of it's over-under. In a race that's as long as, as the main events are, how much – patience did you have it was it was it was it a case of just trying to break away with four or five guys and then go to work trying to be where you wanted to be do you have to have patience for the first three quarters of the race or oh trying always trying to get to the front absolutely i mean it's i i race i know everybody's different i try to race it more than halfway i try to go like the last five laps and i that's when i really want to start kind of preparing myself putting myself where i want to be but like every everything up until that point is kind of just logging laps like yeah. try to save your tires a little bit um save your stuff wait for the, the right time for everything to come in and then and then really pounce the last few laps like i mean super nats is kind of like that i mean it was pretty i know it's super nats they're always you know battling but i was getting past i got past a couple of times and i was like oh, okay i'll just i'll chill here and then it was just something clicked i kept getting past I'm like nope i don't want to i want to stay here if i go too far back i'm screwed 
ended up working out. Um, but and that's kind of how I look at every race. Like, okay, you can pass me. Where am I? Fifth. All right, I'm fine. One more spot though. Eh, pushing it. If I get past one more time, I gotta go. But yeah. But I, I try to be more aggressive last five laps. Everything else is just, you know, maybe push somebody. Don't try to make a move right away. If I get past, don't pass the very next corner sort of thing. So it's like, I just try to take a calm and then really work on it the last few laps. Hey, junior drivers, rewind that. Listen to it again. Rewind <laughs> it. Listen to it again. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see some better racing. <laughs> I, f- I find it odd that you say that you could get away because you think you think 100cc racing back to the, the Yamaha days where if you could stay in the guy's draft, you were solid. It, how is that? How is Yamaha different from the KA stuff that we're racing now or VLR even? Good question. You know, honestly, I don't know if this is this is with anybody else. I don't know if it's with Alex as well, but I'm still trying to figure out how the draft works on these things. I don't yeah. I don't get it. It's Alex like is nodding his head. Yeah, it's yeah. like. <laughs> You'll, you'll close up and you'll gain like two, three tenths at certain tracks, but then you, you don't feel like you're catching them a lot. Like like at Newcastle and Yamaha or, or Comet or HPV, whatever. Um, like you, you felt the drafts and this stuff, you don't you don't really feel it. It almost feels like X30, but the guy in head will still like you barely catch him. But the weird thing is, though, if you get a good enough run and you have a, a longer straightaway like NOLA or Newcastle, you pull out and you don't really slow down. It just keeps going. Like you just drive right by them. So really? It's, it's yeah, it's funky. That's what I've noticed at least. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter the gear. Like you can scream them like seventeen five, whatever. It just they keep going. So I I don't know. <laughs> you'd think you'd be able to get away, and and it's definitely faster in a draft, but it's not like super noticeable. Alex, mm-hmm. you feel pretty much the same way about it. Yeah, I mean, especially NOLA, the back straightaway is so long, you just keep going. But then other tracks like Orlando or just even some tracks like in Texas, like speed sports, the, the draft isn't as much for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Alex, you were yeah, you were kind of in the mix there Saturday. You had, I think, a third in the pre-final, but then you got shuffled back mm-hmm. at the start. Kind of tell us how your race went on Saturday. Yeah, so in the final, I started sixth. And then I just didn't get a good start at all. Got caught on the outside. And then I had some contact of another cart. Got sit in the air, went through the grass. I fell back to like, I think 20th at the start, like out of turn three. And then just had to work my way up and just kept passing like every lap and never fell back from there. What, what was, uh, what did you have a favorite spot? I know a lot of guys were trying to do it at the, after the S's, uh, making Mm. those jumps there. Was that, was that the optimal passing spot or did you have another spot on the track that you like to, uh, to make a maneuver at? I like the S's for sure, but I also liked, um, the hairpin in turn four because you just had to go straight past the guy if they didn't defend and it was just an easy passing point. Yeah, I, mean, I noticed on a lot of onboards, if you left the if the left the door wide open, it was it was a lot easy to pass there. Then you just had to yeah. to try and set up for the left hander coming back. Um, for sure. So making that making that uh, that move up the field, and you got all the way up to fifth. Did you feel going into Sunday that you had the opportunity to be right there again? Yeah, I feel like I had a really strong cart from the whole weekend from Friday. Um, you know, we had everything tuned right with uh, Gary Willis and Allison Racing Engines and. It just felt we had a rocket pretty much on board. We just had to get through the starts cleanly, and then we could be in the fight for sure. The last lap was obviously pretty wild, uh, Alex. You, you, you know, you guys were all mm-hmm. positioning yourself, and guys making contact, and guys making yeah. contact up into turn number one as well. Where mm-hmm. you were before that kind of chaos started, did you feel you were in a good spot there? Did you feel like you could maybe have attacked forward, or or did you find yourself kind of landlocked a little bit with carts all around you? Yeah, so when I was behind race, it was really hard to get around him because he kept signaling he was going to go by Jeremy. And then he finally, he kind of he went in the hairpin, overshot it, and then I got by him. And then I was like, okay, I just got to work with Jeremy and just get away a little bit more. And then I had, I guess, race had some contact with us, and then I just fell back a little bit to third. And then on the final lap, Bailiff had some contact with Hand, and I was able to get past Hand and then work my way past Bailiff. So... At that point, yeah. were you waiting for the next, next, uh, you know, something to drop because, because it seems like it yeah. kept happening? Were you, were you kind of bracing yourself for the next guy to make contact? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it felt like almost like a demolition derby out there. It was yeah. pretty insane. Tell I mean, me about it. <laughs> I, I felt like I was getting hit on every side of my go kart. Like someone was either on top of me or on my side pod or something. That whole race. And, and it well, wasn't just the and it was it wasn't just the main event. I mean, it started with the first pre oh, on Saturday. It started, 
it started in happy hour for me. I mean, there you go. People were ramming me like crazy. We pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perlin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America, and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Perlin USA is North America's source for Perlin products we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Kart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team, providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Was, like, are you guys having conversations in the scale line? And I know it's hard to do it there yeah. because everybody's heated up, right? If you come at somebody because they hit you, they're all in defense mode. When you're kind of chilling out afterwards, was there any conversation between some of the drivers? I know I try to do that when it gets a little hectic out there. Or was it just, was everybody kind of all, you know, all for themselves at that point? For for me, I mean, I would try talking to some of the guys. Like I talked to Chase, I think, before before one of the races. Or uh, it was the pre-final or the heat on Saturday. I like I introduced myself because I never talked to him before. I introduced myself to him like, hey, really looking forward to racing against you. You're you're awesome in juniors, blah 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 blah. Um, you know, I try to I try to talk to some of the new guys or newer guys, rookies to the senior class, and uh, try try to be friendly. And I didn't have an issue with any. Like I talked to Alex after some of the races too, like in the scale line. Mm-hmm. Like Alex and I were cool. Jeremy and I were cool. Like everybody was cool. I was cool with everybody else. Um, so like. I didn't have contact except for one person. I didn't have contact with anybody that whole weekend, but it was just the one, the one incident and that it just blew up. It's like, so I, I, I totally see the, the lack of respect, but it's like, in my eyes, there wasn't a mark on my cart. Like everybody drove me pretty good. I felt like I drove everybody except for one thing. Like everything was fine up until that one point. Like Alex and I were cool, but we raced hard. I mean, he was aggressive. I was aggressive. I felt like, but we gave each other plenty of room. And then we talked after the scale at the scale line, and everything was good. It was like, yeah, good race. You know, good job. We'll yeah. get you in the next time. Whatever. So it was, it was good. 
You feel that way, Alex, or do you want to throw Lemke under the bus here? <laughs> no, I mean, I felt the same way. I mean, we were all pretty cool in the scales. I know most of the drivers, you know, on a personal level, too. Yeah. Like, I'm all friends with most of them. And um, just a few of them I'm not, and maybe that's why. Maybe we had a bit of, I guess, beef on the track. And um, I, I'm i always friends with, like, Hand and Bailiff. And it, I'm teammates with Fletcher, so we all work well together on the track. Okay. So, I mean, if – Maybe if we're, if we're more friendly with each other, maybe the aggression will be maybe less, I guess. But, yeah, that's how I see it. So so what's different? You guys both have raced X30. I know, mm-hmm. Alex, this is only your second year in the senior ranks, but you raced X30 most of all last year. What yeah. What's the difference between X30 and KA? Is it just the fact that the X30 guys – are are more respectful or is it just or is it the speed differential is so narrow in the ka that everybody's trying to make every single pass whenever they can i mean i think it's a combination of both um for sure the speed because we're all so close the field is so tight in ka especially um like the whole top 20s within two tenths of each other so we're all trying to go for every gap possible you know and try to stretch away and i think maybe the X30 drivers are more maybe refined, like on the front guys, maybe because I mean, I feel like the X30, they're more bunched out too, because you have Norberg has two temps on the field, and then you have, you know, a bunch of other guys that have way more gaps on each other. So I think the closeness of the field for sure help, um, doesn't help us, I guess, with the, with the aggression. So. Yeah. Let's let's spin away a little bit from discussion on the, the racecraft and, and Alex. Let's give you a chance to you know put you in the spotlight and uh, and give you some props. Uh, you know we saw what you were able to do last year as a rookie in the senior category, running top ten, top five, and really you know podium finishes. You come into this year here. How do you feel it coming into your sophomore uh, sophomore year in the senior category? You get the big win. Is uh, is the confidence there? You feeling good? Yeah, I feel really good. It was it was good getting that off my back. Uh, for sure the second year because the first year it didn't really go as planned um just had a lot of bad luck too throughout the whole year but to get to get to get the win in the second round was pretty good for me and a new team too right obviously crossing mm-hmm. competition shutting down this past year sean owens going back to dallas carding complex so a new team mm-hmm. new people new culture that's kind of yeah. a big thing for you as well to, to go into you know a whole new program do you feel like you blended in really really easy Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we the first test weekend I felt back at home already because I, I was originally with Gary as well, yep. um, GWR and Team Felon. I was originally with them in junior, and then I went to Crosslink, and now mm-hmm. I'm back with them. So it felt like I never really left. So just a couple, um, just a couple just, years older and a couple inches taller. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just felt like I I was back with my old people pretty much, and it was right from the start, just really good. So where do we, where do we see you next, Alex? Uh, are you guys are you both going to the Scusa Pro Tour? I think Brandon, you said you're not doing Scusa, right? No, sir. What about you, Alex? We're going to see you at Nola. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. Double duty or just KA? Just KA. Just Please. KA. Right yeah. on. David, what yeah. else you got? So I got to ask Brandon. Uh, just you don't have to get into the whole how the battery came off, but I want to know how you were able <laughs> oh, to grab right. it. I got to know, like, did it just uh, pop off and was dragging and then you grabbed it or did it pop off and you grabbed it immediately? Kind of walk us through that. Well, hold on. But for people, that, for people that didn't know, don't, don't know right. about oh, this, oh, David, give, David, give us the overview of what the hell happened because I didn't, I didn't, I watched it. I didn't see what happened. You found out and kind of told me later what happened to Lemke here with this battery deal. Well, the, the problem was I didn't see the contact on track. I was doing some filming because, because the race, was boom, 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 back to back to back, back, nonstop. So I was doing my videos at scale line and doing some other things. And then I heard, I heard the announcement of, Oh, Lemke's hurt. Lemke's hurt. He's, he's driving one handed. So I didn't even see the contact. So I had to go back and look at some of the video and it looked like it would have been what turn four, the left-hander um, race. Liberante got inside of them. They both exited. Lemke was on the outside and the two made contact and, essentially race kind of drove over the whole left side of, of Brandon. And so after I heard that, I started watching and all I could see was, was Brandon's arm kind of in his lap and driving with the right hand and then drove the entire race that way for what, 22 laps or however long it was. Uh, it was like 16, 17. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and again, I thought he was hurt. I'm telling the skill guy, Bob, I'm like, Bob, you need to get an EMT over here to make sure they check him out when he comes off the scales. Cause he's not coming off until the checker flag. And, and so, yeah, it was a really strange situation. Like he's passing carts one handed, uh, you know, making his way into the top 10 on the outside. Even it was, it was <laughs> amazing. But how did the battery actually end up in the lap? So yeah, I got ran over. Um, and then, it was like the lap later, so the wheel was all bent, so it was kind of like holding it, you know, like all kind of funky at first. I was going to drive with two hands. Um, my left arm did go numb, like right away when he hit me, because I was like, okay, like it, it felt funny. And so, but that, the feeling came back really quickly. Um, but yeah, it, the battery came off probably the the same lap, like half a lap later or, or the next lap. It was out of the where you jump the curbs. It was out of that corner, last corner. And I looked, like, I felt something kind of hit the seat, like, hit my hip kind of area. I'm like, oh, it's a weight. Like, I'm screwed. Like, I'm not making weight, whatever. <laughs> but then I, I looked down. I saw something dragging. Like, it was kind of, like, by by the, the side pie, like, in the back, because, like, the nerf or the, the nerf bar kind of caught it. I was okay. like, okay. And I, gra- I don't remember grabbing it. Like, I, I just, it was kind of just there. I just picked it up. It's like, okay, I just got to hold on to this. <laughs> so, and then, and then I held on to it for the one lap. I was like, man, my arm's going to be tired. Like, this is going to suck. Because <laughs> I had to do that at NOLA in practice one time because a weight fell off and I was having to hold it. Much longer track, higher speeds. Um, it wasn't as slick at NOLA's and my right arm was just getting tired. And I eventually just let go and the battery just went flying <laughs> or the, the weight went flying. It's like, oh, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I was holding it the whole time, and I eventually tried letting go, like, through that kink coming to the, onto the straightaway, the start-finish line. I tried letting go, trying to go in two hands, and I felt the battery just kind of almost fly off. I was like, okay, got to hold it the whole time. So, yeah, I was holding it the whole time, and, yeah, I mean, carp, the cart felt really good. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. Like, we made, like, three changes. It was awesome. It was so good. But, no, it, it wasn't wasn't that bad the hardest part was actually coming to the start finish line like that long left like just having to hold it just like this the whole time but uh no i still have i still got like bruises i don't know if you can see it that good but like this one here that's still there (laughs) and then i had one on my on my bicep too but and my wrist is just healing and my shoulder is still hurting a little bit but yeah it was brutal but and my glove is all ripped up the battery the um the clamp all that stuff fell off the wiring harness is junk the steering wheel is junk the um steering shaft was bent so i mean it was it was a good hit he got me good <laughs> intentionally so so what does that say about you being able to drive one-handed for almost the entire race passing people where some of these guys can't even pass properly with two wheel, two hands on them uh, I, I don't know <laughs> I, I don't know it's that's that's 13 years of experience that's all it is that's that's that I think oh, I think that's, that's a that's a good uh, good answer to that for sure. Uh, I like it, it. What you said, the cart felt good, so nothing else was bent other than the wheel, and and maybe was the steering shaft bent at all? Did, was there was there any any anything in front end that was bent? The steering shaft was, um, okay. and then we we took it to Jamie's. I thought for sure the cart would have been bent. I mean, after getting ran over, and I hit, I bounced off the wall too. Luckily, I just like I, I must have hit the wall perfectly. It was like boink, and it just bounced off and right back onto the track. But um, no, I took it to to Jamie's Franklin, and everything was fine, just the steering shaft and the steering wheel. But I mean, I I guess I couldn't really tell a difference anyway, because steering with one hand, I didn't have the right feeling. Braking felt funny, and like all of a sudden, you you really get a feel for the track, like where the grip is, because like all of a sudden I turn in and then it, it just sticks, and that's like I have to counter steer right away. So it was funky, but um, no, everything was fine. I thought, because I have a smaller cart, and that, that 29 seems to not bend as easily. It's a little bit harder to bend back if it does bend, but it doesn't <laughs> seem to bend as easy. But it works really well. So, Alex, there's your new training re- regime. you got to do laps at speed sports <laughs> one-handed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, uh, that, would be, that would be interesting to see, yeah. I mean, see yeah. who – See if the right hand's faster than the left. I mean, oh. which Brandon, if you had to pick a hand, and I'll ask you, Alex this to you: if you had to pick a hand, would it be the right hand or would it be the left? Absolutely the right. Yeah, absolutely the right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Alex. Yeah. Alex, yeah. Right hand for sure. Rob, Rob, which which hand would you? Pick? I'd be right hand too, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know. I I almost think I'd be left, but 
I guess yeah. I'd have to try it. I've never tri- tried it before. Dude, you can't drive with two hands. What do you remember about one hand? Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. That's let's get it out there. Yeah, your chain will fall <laughs> off whatever hand you're using. Don't worry. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, listen. We appreciate you coming on here. Congratulations, both of you, getting those victories uh, in the the KA100 senior class. Uh, I know we'll see Alex at the Scusa race, but otherwise, I guess David will see you guys at GoPro in whatever layout they decide they're going to run. Sweet. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Great to have you, Alex. Brandon, thank you so much. Uh, two very, very talented drivers, and it's a different parts of their careers, right, David? We, we Like you said, Lemke's been doing it for 13 years. We watched him come up through the ranks, winning the Supercarts USA X30 Junior Championship in that great battle with uh, David Malukas, who's now an NTT IndyCar Series driver. They uh, went at it at Newcastle for the championship there. And Stanfield, we've just been watching him kind of come up through, hit the ranks, second year in senior, and, and really positioning himself as a guy that's going to be able to win races now. He's going to be in the front of the pack all year long, and uh, Alex with a chance to win that championship as well. Uh, that'll be uh, it'll be a fun season of U- USPKS competition. I'm going to have to mark on the calendar a little throwback to that Lemke Malukas finish because I think that's one of the craziest finishes that probably we've had in karting, aside from maybe the the you know the crazy x30 master finish we had at supernats just recently or or you know some of the other finishes we had i mean obviously lemke's been in a couple wild finishes you know having uh the 2019 uh supernats as well too but but i think that that one with him and malukas at the at the summer nationals that 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 was just a wild scenario how it i can tell the story right now if you want me to briefly i mean i think we'll save it for another time all right we'll save it (laughs) Yeah, we'll save it. It's a good story. It's a great story. If you we'll want to tell it, it go ahead. Sure. No, we'll save it. We're good to go. Folks, I think that's why so I'm gonna mark it down. It's gonna be a throwback. We'll get it done. We'll have a. We'll, we need a throwback like a like a like I used to be fast. Uh, the older I get, the faster I was. Throwback memory show, right? You can do that. Back when you used I, to be quick in road racing. I was never quick, so it doesn't matter. That's true. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for joining us this edition of Face to Face. We'll have another one coming up soon. Of course, remember, get ready to roll into some big races. We are back at it, uh, what, not this weekend, David. Next weekend following at the Challenge of the Americas, heading out to Sonoma, California. From there, I go straight to New Orleans for the Supercarts USA Pro Tour. Not long after, David will be at GoPro for USPKS. The regular season is underway. Uh, I will lose David Cole's attention for the next, like, three weeks, two and a half weeks. March Madness is coming. Just tomorrow. Michigan plays plays at 12-15. The entire time March Madness is on, you have a screen in your office and you're watching it half the time. Well, I I have a new screen plus the TV and I'll have the iPad going. So I'll have all all four games on at the same time. Am I wrong that I will not get 100% focus over the next two weeks? I know. Only from (laughs) 12-15 to 3 o'clock tomorrow when Michigan plays. Go Blue! Yeah, exactly. Go. Yeah. See? Yeah. Hail. <laughs> Hail to the victors. Anyways, lots of great racing coming. Uh, that means Outlap Preview Podcast. That means Debrief Podcasts, our Debrief uh, Race Report Podcast, more face-to-face shows, lots of stuff coming up here on the EKN Radio Network, on the EKN YouTube channel, of course, on Facebook as well. We do want to thank all of our guests today, Tim Coy and Mark Coates from the United States Pro Kart Series and KA100 winners, Alex Stanfield and Brandon Lemke. And a belated happy birthday to Brandon as well, folks. On behalf of myself, Rob Howden, David Cole as well. Bye for now.